I twisted in his lap, looping my arms around his neck as I said, And will you come with me? On this adventure? And all the rest? Reese leaned forward and kissed me. Always. The stars seemed to burn brighter in response, creeping closer to Watt. His wings rustled as he shifted us in the chair and deepened the kiss until I was breathless. And then I was flying. Reese gathered me up in his arms, shooting us high into the starry night, the city a glimmering reflection beneath. Music flitted out from the riverfront cafes. People laughed as they walked arm in arm, down the streets and across the bridges spanning the Sidra. Dark spots still stained some of the glimmering expanse, piles of rubble and ruined buildings, but even some of those had been lit up with small lights. Candles, defiant and lovely against the blackness. We would need more of that in the days to come, on the long road ahead to a new world. One I would leave a better place than how I'd found it. Welcome to the House of Wind Book Club. I'm Hannah. And I'm Amber. This is a fan podcast where we discuss our current book obsession. We're going to break down chapters, characters, themes, and, let's be honest, gossip about our theories relevant to the magical, fairy-filled lands of Prithian. Just so you know, this podcast will contain spoilers and is explicit. We swear and we talk dirty. If you don't get worked up over the phrase, grab the headboard, or hello, Farrah darling, then proceed with caution. We hope you enjoy being a part of our book club. Stay smutty. goodness what a journey oh my god what an adventure i can't believe we're through this book now where did we where were we in the country when we started this book it's a really good question it's a fun game to play where the hell were we um washington no did we start it was either washington or arizona yeah you were in arizona and i was in california yeah, I think so. I think we it started Akatar when we were in Washington, and I was only in Washington for like four or five months. That's true. And then we started Miss and Fury, I think, when I was still in Washington. Yes. Yep. So, yeah, I think we were, I was in Cali and you were in Arizona when it started, and now we're both in Minnesota. And I, by the time this comes out, will be in Maine. Yep. <laughs> and you'll be here still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when we, start the next book that will be our situation for a little bit yeah i don't know how long it'll take us to do frost and starlight it's not long super long oh frost and starlight yeah oh silver flames will will probably have five children by the time (laughs) finish podcasting (laughs) that book (laughs) we'll be celebrating like our 10-year wedding anniversaries and (laughs) the book is thick Oh, oh man. man. Well, we're glad we got to the end, so let's get into it so we can talk about all the juicy things that happen now that the battle is wrapped up. Yes. Yes. Um, as a valued and beautiful listener of our podcast, you can get a free month trial and a free title um for Audible at www.audibletrial.com slash house of wind. Also take a peek at our Patreon. If you're already a Patreon member, 
tell your friends about Patreon. It's really fun. It's really it's really an exciting platform for us as well because we get to kind of engage with you all in a different way than we can on like Instagram and TikTok and email and stuff. So yeah. check it out. And it's just a really, really great way to support us. If you've come this far to listen to our pod cl- podcast, yes. you clearly enjoy it, right? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> we hope. <laughs> um. And we just, we really, really appreciate all of you. And we'd love the opportunity to kind of have a little bit more of like an intimate one-on-one conversation with you and just kind of get to know you better on our Patreon. So feel free to check that out. It's $5 a month and let us know what you think. Yes. And in general, if you enjoy our podcast or our ACOTAR content on Instagram, um, share us with your friends, tell your friends about us. Mm-hmm. Um, that way we can make our community even bigger. Absolutely. Ooh, okay. <clears throat> Y'all ready for this? <laughs> also, I'm sick, so anything I'm humming today is probably very off tune. I apologize. <laughs> okay, continue. Okay. Last episode might honestly be the most roller coaster of chapters, of three chapters in this entire series. Since, well, at least since we began our podcast. Yes, it was very uh, Ron Burgundy. I'm in a glass case of emotions. Like, yes. just let me out, please. There's too many emotions going on. Yeah. But like in a normal book, quote unquote normal book, mm-hmm. this stuff would take half a book to unfold. But this little tidbit took three, three small chapters. Three, yeah, count them. Even in <laughs> three, count them. <laughs> That's a throwback. <laughs> um, Even kingdom of ash like that last battle lasts like half a book which is a trip which was almost too much like can we find a happy medium sjm but yeah for it to happen in like two chapters versus like happening over half of a book was a lot yeah so reese and farah came together and realized that they might have defeated highburn but if they don't fix the cauldron it's going to swallow their entire world hole they will no longer exist Mm -hmm. they rallied all of their strength and power the two of them for pharaoh to be the conduit to fix the cauldron but reese did not allow her to be privy to just how much he was giving her until she fixed the cauldron and looked back to find her mate's lifeless form on the ground with her mating bond empty in her chest immediately she's irrational and nearly delusional unable to notice whom is around her And when the High Lords arrive, she is willing to dive into their minds and force them to do the same for Reese that they all did for her. But she didn't have to force them. They willingly, with a little nudge from Moore for Baron, (laughs) gave a kernel of power, even Tamlin, telling Farah to simply be happy. Thank you, Tamlin. (laughs) (laughs) Reese was revived, and just as sarcastic as ever, informing them that he brought a tiny fire drake with him back to the land of the living. Once they were all okay, and we are convinced that this is real life and not a dream, the Archeron sisters went to say farewell to their father, Lucian giving them comfort and closure. And as Pharaoh returned, she was met with Miriam in their tent. All right. (sighs) Here we go. Chapter Mm. 79. Miriam is smiling at Farah, and 
Farrah notes here that Miriam looks more human than Faye, and she recalls that Miriam is actually half Faye, half human, which I forgot about this. And also, we know someone else who's half Faye, half human. We sure do. Oh, Brycey Poo. <laughs> Farrah instantly likes Miriam. I think she just kind of has one of those faces that are just like, you instantly are like, this girl is going to be the nicest. And Miriam bows to Farrah, and Farrah thanks her for coming to their aid. As this is happening, Farrah looks over to Reese, who is just, like, sprawled out on some pillows, basically. And she's like, you look very relaxed for someone who just died. And <laughs> Draken tells her it's just because Reese is so old that he can't stand up right now. <laughs> that's the only reason he looks like that. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a sick burn, and I love it. And she instantly whirls to Reese to check on him. I mean, because she's like, oh, my God, are you are you OK? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. He's like, this is why I don't go to visit Miriam and Draken, because they just give me shit all the time. You're so mean to me. <laughs> I this love is, it. Yeah, I feel like this is our friend group that, like, every time we're together, we're just, like, <laughs> shitting on each other. It's so true. And it's always like whoever is the first one to be contrary usually is the one that we shit on, which is usually Riley. It's usually Riley. <laughs> it's usually Riley. Although it, it has been Ben a little more frequently lately. It, it has been Ben more <laughs> lately. That is true. I think it's because Ben just coming out of a shell a little more, too. So he, the more he says, the more we're just like, <laughs> that's probably why he doesn't talk a lot. He's like, <laughs> every time I say something, I just get picked on. Hannah and so. Amber tear me apart. <laughs> It's because we love you, dude. Oh, man. Oh, man. Or Ben and Riley. Is this your friend group also? Let us know. You don't really love each other if you don't give each other shit every now and then. Absolutely. (laughs) Then Farah asks if Jurian is dead. Ooh, awkward subject. And Miriam tells Farah that more convinced them not to settle things then. And Farah picks up here that we're not getting the full story of what happened here. But Farah asks, where is he then? And Reese tells her mind to mind that Jurian is with Grayson. Because it's probably for the best that Miriam and Draken don't know where Jurian is. That's, that's for the best. It's for the best. And Miriam's like, are you friends with with Jurian? And I, I do love Farah's response where she's kind of like, I wouldn't exactly call us friends, per se. Friends is a generous term. It's a stretch. It's a stretch. But he has helped me a lot. So I am grateful for him, essentially. And I do think that they are going to become friends at some point. Mm-hmm. Because Jurian has high Reese energy. Like, his just his, like, playfulness and his, like, winking at her and stuff. I love it. I, I do, too. It. He's like Reese 2.0, and I love it. So, Just a little more wild. Oh, yeah. He's unhinged. He's unhinged. Speaking of, I finished Unhinged, <laughs> the book Unhinged. I can't wait to read it. By the time this podcast airs, I probably will have read it. What a wild ride. That book, 69 pages, takes you on a journey. I love it. As a reminder, it's a door romance book. Can we just What is what are our lives right now that you just read a romance about a door and I'm going to read it too. And it's not just a romance. It's it's a it's smut. It's smut. A spicy book novel. Oh, a spicy a spicy a spicy book novel. 
spicy book novel. A spicy door novel is what I was going to say. I bet there's a spicy book novel. <laughs> we read spicy book novels all the time. Oh my god, Hannah. Okay. Whew. Everything's fine. I am not okay. Okay, here we go. We're all unhinged. That's <laughs> what happens when you try to move across the country and you're sick and it's fine. It's fine. fine. We're fine. <laughs> so, um, let's see, where were we? Oh, yeah, Farrah's like, we're not exactly friends. And then we learn that Nafel was at the battle as well, too, which is really cool. And this excites Farrah. But Farrah's not going to talk about that because she has bigger things that she needs to discuss with them. And Vera asks Miriam and Draken if their island is still private. And this elicits an apology from Miriam and Draken where they're like, we would have come sooner if we would have known. And Vera's like, oh my god, you guys, seriously, thanks for coming to help us at all. Like, it's, I don't blame you for anything. The reason why she wanted to know is because she was wondering if the island is secret enough to hide an object of great and terrible power. A.K.A the cauldron. Pharaoh wants the cauldron to disappear before anyone gets any ideas about wanting it for themselves. And this is very smart because I can think of maybe like two or three people that would immediately just be like wanting to take the cauldron. Can you imagine the cauldron in Kier's or Booty Hole Baron's hands? No. We would have just another, eventually, another Highburn issue. Be real bad. It would be bad. It would be bad. So let's hide it with people we know are good. (laughs) And so Draken tells her they'll take the cauldron with them. And I love how he's like, one of our ships will be heavier when it leaves. Wink, wink. (laughs) (laughs) So Reese asks them when they're leaving. And it turns out they'll actually be there a few days, which is perfect because Pharaoh wants them there for a meeting. And the meeting that Farah calls comes together the next day. And the only place to have it is at the remains of the Archeron estate, which I really freaking love this. How I just feel like so many ends are getting tied up and so many circles are being like completed in this novel. It's poetic. It's so poetic because truly Frost and Starlight and... Silver Flames is kind of like the start of a different story. True. And so I feel like this is really just wrapping things up with a nice little bow. With like, we're doing it at the Archerons. Oh, I love it. And Pharaoh looks around the sitting room in her family's old home, seeing high lords, princes, generals, humans, and fae. And she is in awe that they can even have this meeting. And Baron and Eris are the first to arrive. <coughs> Sorry. And, of course, they're ignoring Lucian. Who, who, um, Farah calls Baron's son, who is not his son. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it just needs to be noted in my inner monologue mm-hmm. that that is not his real father and I want to scream it to the mountaintops yes. because Lucian deserves better yes. but at least I know it and I have to acknowledge it every time they're in a room together. Farah yes. is like channeling her inner Mori inside and she's like you are not the father you inside every time I'm there. <laughs> you do not deserve Lucian. Mm. So um, yeah Eris is with Baron 
And he nods Therese discreetly, and this is kind of his signal, saying, like, I might be ready soon to take down my asshole of a father and start running the autumn court. And Farah swears that she saw sadness in Eris's eyes as he looked to Lucian. And all I have to say, like, we always mm. say there is more to Eris's story, which is why we give him, we give him grace. Because I will not, I will not hate him until we have his full side of the story. Yep. He's just like Reese, where I hate Reese for the horrible stuff mm-hmm. he did. Yes. Like when we were in the spring court and he like literally like killed a fairy and put a fairy's head on a stake. Yep. I hate him for that. I will never not hate him for yep. that. Making him, making Farah drink the wine and dance under the mountain. I hate him for it. Yeah. I'll never not hate him for it. Yep. Just like I will always hate Eris. For what he did to more. Yeah. I will always hate his guts for that. Yep. You can't undo that. But I will leave the door open Mm -hmm. to hear a little bit more of the story. Yes. We can take the good with the bad. But for me, the good has to outweigh the bad. And it better be damn good. Yeah, it better be enough to make me be like, okay, you deserve some of my affection. And then you better grovel Mm -hmm. at Moore's feet. Yes. And then grow from there. Yeah. You do that? Team Eris. That's all we want, Eris, okay? <laughs> Small ask, really. It's not much. Merely a token, a trifle, really. <laughs> <laughs> so then Tamlin enters. And he's alone, which... I feel like... I feel like... I do feel a little bit bad for I feel, Tamlin. You I guys. feel bad for Tamlin right here. He has no court to left. He has no one. He has no one. And yes, a lot of it is his own making, but let us not forget that Farah did also destroy and blow up anyone that was loyal to him at all that was left. Like she left Tamlin's one true love at this point, what Tamlin thinks this is one true love. She left. Mm-hmm. And then she returned. Betrayed him entirely. Lied to his face for months. Mm-hmm. While he was just giving her space to heal. Mm-hmm. What he thought. He was doing a shit job. Yep. But. Still not great. But then she destroyed his court. Left. And took his best friend. Yep. His only friend. His only person. Yep. And that's who he looks right at when he comes in. His eyes go straight for Lucian. And Lucian, you guys, I fucking, I fucking love Lucian. Lucian is becoming one of my favorite characters, I think. He's, I, I can't wait to get more of like his perspective and just his story. Oh, he just tugs at my heartstrings in a special way. He proudly steps forward. And he, he tries to say something to Tamlin. He essentially just gets Tamlin's name out. But Tamlin... He stops as Tamlin sees that Lucian is wearing Illyrian leathers. Oh, fuck. And Tamlin then assumes that this is a sign of where Lucian's allegiance now lies. And Tamlin just shakes his head at Lucian and walks past him without uttering a word. And this is miscommunication at its finest, right? Because... We know that Lucian doesn't really have any allegiance to the Night Court. I, I think he like likes everyone that's there fine. 
but I think he probably really misses Tamlin and like misses that friendship. And that they, deep friendship. Yes. And they explicitly said, like, Lucian literally had nothing else to wear. Yeah, like, he left in those when he went to go find Vasa. Like, he, it, it's all he has. He yes. doesn't have any other attire. Because it, honestly, that probably was the only, um, like, fighting leathers that would fit him was, were ones made for an Illyrian. Because he's also, like, a big dude. Also, some of the fan art Ooh. of Lucian. Hello. Mm. Hello. Yeah. It's good. He and he has a little bit of the like Phantom of the Opera thing going on with the like eye. He's I know in our like traditional we like we like the dark hair, dark mm-hmm. skin, tall, tall, dark, and handsome. But man, Lucian just I think Lucian just fills in the tiny little crack that's left. Yep. Well, it's like when we read Serpent of Wings and Night, that series, Rain has like reddish hair. It is dark. I was going to say, I just, I picture him tall, dark, and handsome. Every, it's fine. Every character for me is Henry Cavill. (laughs) And then if it's, um, (laughs) if it's, if it's Rowan or um, from What Lies Beyond the Veil, Cal. Cal I was going to say. Then it's him as the Witcher. Yeah, that's Caldrus is the one. Mm. You guys, please read What Lies Beyond the Veil. I haven't actually finished the new book that came out, the third one that came out yet. Me either. Um, just because I read the first two, and then the third one didn't come out until a lot later. And I've talked about this before. I'm a I need to read them all in a row or not at all kind of gal. Yeah. Um, and I just couldn't get into the third one. But the first two, oh, holy load. Mm, there's Caldrus a scene. is yummy. There's a scene in there that when we eventually do our favorite sex scenes in books Patreon episode, there's one that's in there. That is, I think for both of us, yeah. I think that might be like my, that's my number two or three. Oh, okay. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, that... I think I'm becoming more like you, though, in the series thing, because I I just get really overwhelmed when, like with Crescent City, mm-hmm. I remember generally what happened. So I know I can go into the book knowing like who the characters are and what we left off with just because of the way the second book ends. And it literally changed my life forever. Right. Um, but to really get the full impact of it, when it comes to books and tv series i feel like i don't remember like everything that happens Mm -hmm. it's it's so hard i feel like the older you get your brain space just has to go to other things and so then it's just like i don't hold on to those facts right so i am becoming more like you i i need to stop starting series that aren't finished yet but also like with like fourth wing the hype is happening now and i love being a part of it i was just going to say what by the time this is released Mm mm-hmm Fourth Wing will be a whole, like, said and done. Because this episode's going to come out. Yeah. Um. So, maybe next episode we'll have read it and we can talk about it. I would love that. Because I am going to reread Fourth Wing and yes. then read the second one the day it comes out. Yes. I'm really mad. It comes out, I believe, on a Tuesday. Uh-huh. And I have to work 
no. 11 hours that day and then I have to work 11 hours the next day. Fuck. So I'm not going to have be able to read it until Thursday. And I refuse to open that book until I can yes. read it beginning to end. I won't, uh, I won't do it. I will, if it works out, I will try and time it where we read it together. Because I like when we're reading something at the same time because then we can talk about it when we're both done. Um, but I think that might be a good... Sorry to interrupt you. I actually think it comes out on Thursday. What? I, I want to say it's on the 9th. <sighs> oh my god. And Oh, nope. It's on the 7th. I was right. Fuck. November 7th? Is yeah. that when it is? Yeah. Okay. Comes out on Tuesday. Yeah. Bummer. And then I'll be starting tomorrow. a new job, so maybe that weekend we can just like binge it together from different places. But that might be a fun buffer episode between like this and Frost and Starlight or like a Patreon thing where we Ooh. can talk just like emergency broadcast. We just finished this and we just we don't talk to each other about it until and then we just we can FaceTime on our thing and we can record us talking about it. Let's do that. I That's like a great that. idea. I like that. And then so expect our next episode to do you want to do Patreon? Well, if it's a Patreon, we could do two things. We can post it as a regular episode for everyone. Mm -hmm. But if you want to see the video version, that has to be on Patreon because we don't have a YouTube. Right. We don't we don't have a studio, so we can't really like record ourselves recording because it's janky. Y'all don't want to see this. <laughs> <laughs> so one day when we have houses and we have an actual podcast studio, maybe we'll do like a cutesy where we record ourselves. But uh yeah. In the meantime, no. You have to mysteriously wonder who is who. That's right. That's right. Oh, I love that idea. Okay. Thank you for joining our brainstorming session. Yes. Um, <laughs> Our next episode will be kind of like a reaction mm -hmm. to Iron Flame. Yes. Because I think pretty much all of our listeners also read Fourth Wing. We've gotten a bunch of messages, mm -hmm. a bunch of comments, people asking, can you talk about Fourth Wing? Can you talk about like Iron Flame when it comes out? Yep. So I think it'd be fun let's give the people what they want give the people what they want so we'll do that like a content that anyone patreon member or not mm -hmm. you can access it's just going to be like our next episode yeah but if you want to watch the video like hannah said check it out on patreon the video is really fun because especially watching hannah i have to say because hannah is one of the most expressive human beings <laughs> on planet earth and it's so fun watching when she gets really excited like her facial expressions just make you feel as excited as she is. My words have filters, but my face does not have a filter. Yes. I'm that person that can I cannot hide how I'm feeling because it just my eyebrows usually always give it away. True that. <laughs> That's my eyebrows. I love it. My face. Okay, let's um anyway, thank you for joining our tangent. Yeah. We'll get back to our Sheesh. regularly scheduled content now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so remember what just happened? Tamlin walked past Lucian and was like, bye, girl, I'm not talking to you. Talk to the hand. Talk to the butt. Talk to the man at Pizza Hut. <laughs> Throwing it back <laughs> when we were kids. I have never heard that before. You've never heard that? Oh Say my it God, again. Okay. Say it again. Talk to the hand. Talk to the butt. Talk to the man at Pizza Hut. If I've heard that before, that has completely escaped my brain. Okay. Vault. okay. Did you ever hear the brick wall waterfall, waterfall girl? You think you know it all? You okay. don't. I do. So who with, with that the attitude. attitude? Yeah. And then the whatever major loser. Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. So see, it may maybe it was just a thing in the south, or maybe just my like janky pizza hut one might be that. my favorite though. That's that is top tier. Yep. Yep. Can you imagine a teenager coming up to you and saying that? 
I would bust a gut. It's fucking hilarious. Talk to the butt. Yeah, I mean, it's really just very classy and elegant, which I've always been my whole life. Clearly, hundred <laughs> percent. So this mad burn happens, and Lucian's visible guilt here destroys me. Destroys me. I can't, especially because Reese filled Lucian in on everything that Tamlin ended up doing to help us in the end. And so you know, Lucian's just like, it's just like a knife in the gut for him. And that's so hard. They're, I only want them to be friends if Tamlin apologizes to Lucian for being shitty to him and then stops being an abusive friend. But that's really the only way I'm going to be okay with Tamlin ever is if he stops, if he learns how to like handle his emotions, essentially, like Mm -hmm. he needs an anger management class and he needs to learn how to stop gaslighting people. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are his two big red flags that I didn't see in the beginning because I was like, oh, damn, he's hot. I was too caught up in it. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So multiple others filter into this meeting, including Nafel. So cool. I love that she's also like super tiny. Mm -hmm. It's always the tiny ones you got to watch out for. That's right. (laughs) Once everyone is in the room, Feyre and Reese wait to escort Jurian and Grayson in. And they take longer to get there because they're just human and they can't winnow. They have to ride on horseback. (laughs) The old fashioned way. And Feyre tells them as they enter, she put them on opposite ends of the room from Miriam and Drake and Annie Lane. Smart move. Then like the, when you're trying to make like a wedding, uh, like, like the seating a, chart. Seating For, chart. Fortunately, I never, Ben and I really didn't have this problem because our families are wonderful. We both have small families. So like it was super chill. But the number of people that I have heard talk about yes. the nightmare <clears throat> of like needing to put certain family members on opposite ends of the room like that's gonna stop people from seeing each other i know or interacting they're still in the same room they're just they just can't whisper shit to each other i guess (laughs) fuck you no fuck you you. your casserole was dry (laughs) your cake tasted like shit that's that's like insults in my dad's say that sounds like the south oh my god it's (laughs) people in minnesota like like oh this is really bad but i'll eat it anyway so no one feels bad (laughs) this is good you like smile because you guys are so freaking nice yes i love it i the stories i could tell that could also be a separate patreon episode someone asked if we could do like a making of recipes like a like cooking through like stories essentially Mm -hmm. and i think that'd be really funny and we can just talk about stories from our life like just fun little anecdotes while we do that it's an idea anyways Getting back on topic. We're a little we're a little chaotic this morning. Yes. In our thoughts, but But you know what, you guys? That's just life, okay? Yes. And we're human and sometimes we just want to talk to you guys about other stuff too. Yeah. And I hope you guys are okay with that. Anyways, I'll try to be focused for the rest of this chapter at least. No promises. Notice I me. didn't say episode. <laughs> the chapter. <laughs> that was on purpose. Okay. The very last person arrives, <clears throat> again, for context, we're at the meeting that Farah calls because we have been <laughs> terrible podcasters for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> and the last person arrives to this meeting, and it is Vasa, and she gives me huge Merida vibes. Huge Merida vibes. She's definitely, like, Scottish or Irish when she says the lilting accent. Mm-hmm. I'm just imagining, like, oh, are you Farah Cursebreaker? Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. 
She tells Farah that she's really sorry about her father, and she instantly recognizes Nesta as she tries to leave the room because Nesta's kind of trying to like give the Irish goodbye, where she's just like slipping out. And she apologizes to Nesta as well. But you guys, this is the beginning of the end because Nesta has already slipped back into her I don't give a fuck mode. And honestly, after the next thing that Vasa says, I can see why Nesta would kind of not be having it. It hits a little too close to home. And Mm -hmm. I can relate to this a lot. A lot. Um... Quote, Vasa says, he was a better father to me than my own. I owe much to him. And Vasa, bless her, she means well here. She doesn't know, she doesn't know their history and their background. But uh, I can tell you, there's a special kind of stab in your back, gut, heart when you have a dad that isn't the greatest to you, but is like really nice to other people. So that's just really shitty. And I do not fault Nesta here for being like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I just want to leave. I don't want to have this conversation with you. It's glad he was nice to you. Yeah. So again, no shade to Vasa here. She's, she's being a total sweetheart, but I feel Nesta's pain here. So I'm not going to be too harsh on her. Mm -mm. Then Vasa asks Farah, because Farah is Farah Cursebreaker after all. If she can break the curse on her, which is part of the reason why she came. At least she's honest. She is very honest. And she tells, Farrah tells Vasa she doesn't know how to break her kind of curse, but she'll try, you know. Vasa also warns them that the other queens will intervene with any talks of peace that happen today. And that likely they still have all of their armies. Great. Great. Good. Vasa then tells Farah they'll see what the queens will do. And Farah will think of ways to help her. (laughs) And I love that Farah has this moment of like, check yourself, girl. I'm also a queen in my own right. Okay. (laughs) She's just like surprised. It's like that that stunned silence where she's like, I imagine stunned silence, but also a little like giggle escaping from her because she's just, it's been a long time since someone talked to her like that that's what i was gonna say it must have been like it's been a while because she's been in a position of power now for like a book and a half yeah (laughs) and she's just like wait what it's just it was just so funny to me how how she reacted to that and not in a bad way like i'm not nope i love that pharaoh was a little sassy about it but Mm -hmm. and then nesta kind of chuckled too yeah nesta's like good luck with her and she's kind of like making her way out again and pharaoh tells nesta she can't go what? You're the guest of honor. You killed, well, you and Elaine. I kind of hate that Elaine gets left out of this. I was going to say, why is Nesta the only one? And maybe it's because they just know Elaine doesn't want that yeah. acknowledgement. She does not want anything associated with it, I think. Honestly, I feel like if anything, Truth Teller was like compelled to, like, she was just holding on to Truth Teller and it stabbed it, and, it's, and it strikes true every time. Yes. I mean,. <laughs> So, I guess because Nessa beheaded him, sure. She landed the killing blow, essentially. So, Farrah's like, you killed Highburn, and also you're our emissary to the human lands. It's important that you're here. And Nesta, again, has pulled on her mask of indifference and isn't having it. 
But Farah looks down and she notices that Nesta is clutching onto one of their father's wooden carvings. And Nesta asks Farah if she thinks this meeting will actually work. And Farah doesn't know, but she wants to try. And she wants Nesta there with her. And she offers her hand to Nesta and surprisingly, she takes it. And they enter the room full of fae and humans together. And Reese places a hand at Farah's back as she says to everyone, quote, My name is Farah Archeron. I was once human, and now I am fae. I call both worlds my home, and I would like to discuss renegotiating the treaty. Chills. Chills! I got chills! <laughs> And Pharaoh's news take control. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. I love it. Power. Yes, queen. Yes, slay. <laughs> Girl. Okay, chapter 80. This chapter literally starts with the phrase, a world divided was not a world that could thrive. And this is Farah's, like mindset walking into this meeting. And before all of the fae... My lords, the humans, everyone that is in this room. She told her entire story. All of it. She told them about her human life, her fey life, the love she lost, the love she found, what she saw in the Ouroboros. All of it. Literally, mm-hmm. all of it. And when she was done, Miriam and Draken stepped up next and told their story. And this is again poetic because they're the perfect ones to follow up Farah because they have a very close second mm-hmm. if not right up there with her like experience of like fey and human mm-hmm. because of Miriam mm-hmm. she literally is both yes <laughs> like even more so than Farah almost yeah. Farah like isn't human really she, at she's all fey, anymore yeah. 100% mm-hmm. um so that I thought that was really neat. And then others told stories of times when fey and human relations did not go well. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like this mixing pot of experiences and just a coming together of lives mm-hmm. to build a foundation for renegotiating the treaty. And I think that this was, was really interesting thinking about how this would unfold with that many people there. Yeah. I like, too, that we're starting it off with honesty, which is like... I feel like there's just been so many lies and secrets between all of them for so long that it's nice to just finally be like, okay, this is who we are. This is what we want. Let's make this happen. Right. Yeah. And then Jurian approached Feyre after, you know, this whole conversation is kind of over. It's a little more isolated. But we realize that Jurian and Lucian are kind of in the same boat. They don't really know what they're doing next. Mm-hmm. Interesting enough, Vasa has offered Jurian a spot in her court, but he's like, how, like, what kind of court does a cursed qu- queen have? Mm-hmm. So he's just, you know, he doesn't really know what to do. And he's just, there's a lot to think about all around. He's exploring his options right he, now. He really is. He's between jobs. Yep. <laughs> Red flag. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Farah ended their conversation, but right before she simply asked, do you think we have a chance of peace between all of us, humans and fae? And Jurian thought for a moment, and then he simply said, yes, I do. 
And for some reason, Jurian of all people, this just gives us a little bit of comfort Mm -hmm. that maybe there is a chance. Mm -hmm. So after that, after this big lengthy meeting, which I can't even imagine how exhausting that could have been all around, but Mm -hmm. the war camp was cleaned up and finally, finally they got to Winnow home. Thank God. The Valaris. And they were all bathed, but together they simply stared at the city and each other. And they noticed yet again that their home is the same, but they returned to it different people than when they left. Mm -hmm. But not so much has changed that Amron and Cass can't banter a bit. Yes. And so Amron continues to make like vulgar jokes that are borderline offensive and way too soon. Essentially... When someone called her out, she gave everyone the middle finger and said, I save your asses. I'm entitled to say what I want. And then walked away. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my God. <laughs> and again, Elaine coming through. She just says softly, the new Amron is even crankier than the old one. To which they all embraced the beautiful laughter, sharing it together with their found family that miraculously made it back to Valaris alive. Yeah. I have goosebumps because this entire I can't even imagine what this feeling is like because Moore wraps her arms around around Az and Cass and they declared we're going to get out the good stuff yes (laughs) and Reese walked toward food so he went to the kitchen alone and promising to Farah this is real and I'll prove it to you later ooh for hours. Oh, God. <laughs> hours? Yes. Ooh. yes. Damn. <laughs> they need to hydrate for that. <laughs> Jeez. Lucian remained to help everything get settled, but he was about to leave when Farah handed him a note. She knew, like, exactly where he was headed. And this note just read, Simple, sweet and to the point. Thank you. I hope you find happiness, too. And I I would love to be on the receiving end of that note and just see how Tamlin would respond to Lucian coming to him. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure trying to make amends of some sort, mm-hmm. but also receiving this, this note of closure. Mm-hmm. And Farah meant it when she wrote it. Like, she said, immortality is too long to hold on to hatred. Mm-hmm. And she understood what they gained in this war. A opportunity to live. And they all deserve to live their lives, even Tamlin. Yes. Maybe he'll stop being such a twat. Maybe. One can only hope. <laughs> um, the only darkness in the corner of the situation is Nesta. She's barely eaten. She's barely said anything. And is essentially she's she's a shell of herself. Mm-hmm. And she turned to go upstairs alone. And Farah and Elaine let her leave. But they looked at each other and they realized that Nesta needs to sort through everything that happened on the battlefield to their father. And they can help, but only when she's ready and they're ready. Mm-hmm. And I really like that SJM notes the fact that they also have to be ready. Because just because someone else is ready to divulge their burdens, divulge their What's the word I'm looking for? 
the intense emotions that they're feeling. Just because someone is ready to share them doesn't mean that whomever they want to share them to is ready to help and absorb that. That's true. It's it's such an important dynamic. And I, I feel like throughout my life, that's one thing that I've had to learn the hard way mm-hmm. is that I always want to help people, but I'm not always ready to be that helping person. Right. And especially when you're surrounded by people who have a lot of intense, intense feelings mm-hmm. that shouldering the burden of that day in and day out is not it's not OK. Yeah. It can be a lot. And for them, too, like they have been through a lot as well. And so they also have their own things they need to sort through. And they also might not be ready to talk about everything when Nesta is. So, yeah, I I like that, too. I like I feel like SJM does a really good job of highlighting just kind of like boundaries and communication and like mental health and trauma and kind of putting that in her stories because it is such a relatable thing, I feel like, for a lot of people, you know? Yep. So I, I like that she does that, and I like that she pointed that out, too. Right. And it's subtle, because when you first read it, you're not thinking about that, but then we do, like, a deep dive, have a podcast about it, and suddenly we're, we're peeling back all the layers. Mm-hmm. Like an onion. Donkey. <laughs> SJM books are like onions. <laughs> and so they entered the sitting room, Farrah and Elaine. And as Cass and Moore are all sitting in there as well. And earlier, Farah had asked Elaine, what now? And Elaine answers this question. And she just says, I'd like to build a garden. After all of this, I think the world needs more gardens. Elaine! <laughs> what? A shining star. She's just a she is so beautiful. Radiant diamond of a human being or of a fae oh my being. Gosh. Yeah, like of and it makes sense, right? We need more life, more things growing and coming into the world because we just lost a lot. I have full body goosebumps mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. It's just so beautiful after all the stuff that just happened in the past I don't know, twelve chapters, mm-hmm. four episodes. It has been an absolutely wild ride, and this is just so beautiful. Yeah. And the world does need more gardens. It does. You can never have too many gardens. Oh. I love it. And and Farah can't even contain it. She has she's speechless. So she just kissed Elaine's cheek and simply agreed, Yes. I think it does. And I think it's really interesting because one Archeron sister goes down and another is revived. And it's this is the way of the Archeron. It is the Archeron way. One yeah. sister struggles, and as soon as they get better, another one goes down. As soon as that one gets better, another one goes down. Because initially, it's Farah. Yep. And then as soon as she gets better, shit hits the fan with both of the other sisters, but really it's Elaine. Mm-hmm. And then now Elaine is better, and Nesta's crashing into the pits of despair. Yeah. they can't... It's a whole clusterfuck. They can't just all be well. Right. I don't know. It's a, it's a conundrum. It is. And maybe that's the beauty of having siblings that you're that close to Mm -hmm. is because just like any other relationship i feel like inherently you kind of take turns Mm -hmm. like there are certain situations where it's like like i know in my relationships like i do this where it's like someone else is really struggling i find it a lot easier to kind of build myself up and be there for them Mm -hmm. but then 
you know, I kind of push back the shitty things that happen. And then as soon as they're doing okay, that stuff kind of bubbles up. And I didn't even realize that I was shoving it down. Mm -hmm. And so it's like this constant teeter-totter that in average day-to-day life is functional and able to, you know, you can still do day-to-day things without collapsing under the weight of those things bubbling up. Right. The Archeron sisters are not, they don't, that's not how they roll. No. It's all it, or nothing. It, it's the depths of despair or the or highest mountain peak. Yep. I feel like there's no in between. They're really, no. Feyre has now found a middle ground, which is nice, but the other two are just... Not so much. Yeah, they are a yo-yo, basically. Hey, someday... Someday. Someday we'll get get everyone to be on the same level, yeah. even playing field. At the very end of Silver Flames, I feel like we've kind of reached it. Kind of. For the last, like, chapter. <laughs> One chapter. One solitary chapter. An entire chapter. behemoth of a book. It's One fine. sad fucking chapter. They're so functional. God. <laughs> you guys, chapter 81. We finally get a Reese POV. Mm. Oh my god. I this chapter destroys me. Absolutely mm. rips my soul out of my body. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. And it really just puts into perspective like what was at stake, basically. So Reese is in the kitchen and he's listening to his friends laugh. And drinking probably the most expensive liquor he owns. Love that. (laughs) And then he hears Farrah laugh. And also he's just like, Farrah's laugh is the most beautiful thing in the whole entire world. Like, more beautiful than any music that's played in the opera halls and Valaris. Like, just silvery, tinkly bells. I love that. And he stands there listening to her laugh with his hand on his chest. And he's just savoring the joy and the sound of her laughter. And the inner circle is falling back into their old rhythms, but Reese is realizing here that just how close they came to losing all of that. And that their laughter is in defiance of the odds and also gratitude for what they still have. Because truly, if you think about it, even if one of them had died, this, like, that wouldn't be happening. Nope. Like, if Amron hadn't come back, or if Reese wasn't able to be revived, like, it would be... It would be a completely different story. 100%. So, Cassian and Azrael enter the kitchen with a drink for Reese, And Cassian is, is his usual self, poking fun at Reese and calling him old and asking why he's hiding in the kitchen. And Reese just stares at his brothers in disbelief that they're standing there in front of him right now and Azrael picks up on this and he reassures him it's very real they're actually there and everyone is alive right now they made it (laughs) I know and no one laughed or poked fun at that and Reese tells them quote let's not do this again for another hundred years And he's fighting back tears at this point. And Cassian asks, well, what the heck are we going to do until then? (laughs) And I have to quote this entire thing because it's just so beautiful. Reese says, Until then, I said to my brothers, slinging my arms around their shoulders 
and leading them back to the sitting room, I looked ahead towards that laugh, that light, and that vision of the future Farah had shown me, more beautiful than anything I could have ever wished for, anything I had wished for, on those long, solitary nights with only the stars for company. A dream still unanswered, but not forever. Until then, we enjoy every heartbeat of it. Oh my god! Holy shit. I think my favorite thing about SJM's male characters, especially the Bat Boys, because you see it a little bit with like Rowan and the Cadra, and then like not really a lot in Crescent City. Maybe with like Rune and his friends, kind of. Mm -hmm. But just the like brotherly love and affection, and just like openly openly expressing your feelings and like letting them see you almost cry or cry and then also being I mean this is like him kind of being what most macho masculine people would think is being weak right like which we know being vulnerable is actually a strength but it's it just kind of flips masculinity on its head for these guys who are the ultimate ideal of masculinity like they're big and they're strong and they're burly and they're warriors and are almost undefeatable and then they can also share their feelings and be there for each other and have relationships that are deeper than just like whatever sports prithian might have or being at the bar like they're actually I don't know. I just love it because it feels so much like a female relationship, like a female friendship. I love that. It's, it's lovely. It's, it just creates again, that depth in that idea of they're not just friends. They are each other's family. Yep. They are family. Mm -hmm. And it goes so much deeper than that friendship bond that they have. And it's beautiful. It's so true because when I think about it, too, I think even within, like, our little foursome we have, mm -hmm. and even, like, some other, like, friends that we have all together, like, I think about how it's just so different. It's just, like, on a whole different level than, like, anything else I've ever experienced. Right. So, like, it's just, it's nice to be able to relate to that a little bit, you know? 100%. So it is cool. It's, like, something very understandable, right? It's the people that you chose to have in your life that are, like, the people you want to be in it forever. And they have that. And it's so beautiful. Own family. That's why it's our favorite. It's the best freaking trope. And then, mm. like, not just the bad boys. You put all of the inner circle together, and it's just, like... Nah, chef's kiss. Chapter 82, Farah's Perspective. Farah found Reese sitting on the balcony of their bedroom, again, just admiring his city, admiring and embracing his beautiful starry night. She wrapped around him, and as he grabbed onto her, he froze, because he felt what she was wearing. <laughs> Red lacy underthings. I love this so much. Speaking of Coming full circle. For, full circle. Holy shit. And, and they will be coming. And they circle. will be coming. Full circle. 
the shop gave it to her for free. And they just <laughs> chuckled at each other. And Reese, more serious note, mm-hmm. Reese divulged that he heard her during those minutes that he was no longer with us. He clutched to her as she did to him when she died. And they decided, made a bargain, that the next time one of them leaves this next life, they're going to leave together. Pisses me off. Don't get me started on this stupid bargain. Yeah, that bargain... We will dive into that in Silver Flames. It has a huge, huge implications in Silver Flames that I'm not okay with. (laughs) In this moment, it's cute. Yeah. So I'm not going... I don't want to deep dive into that. Yeah, we'll just... We'll appreciate it for what it is right now. Their new bargain tattoo wrapped around their left arms, mirroring her old tattoo from Braxis. And speaking of... Speaking of the devil... Braxis disappeared. Scary. So Reese is like, by the way, um, you need to find Braxis and you need to make sure he returns to the library so he's not wreaking havoc on our world. <laughs> like casually just being like, by the way. She's like, yeah, okay. Hmm. I guess I, yeah. And she just says, and will you come with me on this adventure and all the rest? And Reese leaned toward and kissed her. And said, always. Mm. Reese gathered her into his arms and they shot into the sky. And we know how much he loves and craves the sky. Mm-hmm. And they basked in the beauty of Valaris and they savored it. And Reese leveled out and dropped her. And she swept smoothly out of his arms and then she was flying and soaring right next to him. I'll read the next, the last little segment in this book. Reese fell into flight beside me, and when he smiled at me again as we sailed through the stars and the lights and the sea-kissed breeze, when he showed me all the wonders of Valaris, the glittering rainbow, a living river of color beneath us, when he brushed his wing against mine just because he could, because he wanted to and we'd have an eternity of nights to do this, to see everything together, a gift. All of it. This book is a gift. This book is a gem. Like, I can't believe that they're all still alive. <laughs> oh my god. Yikes. Yikes. That's a, that's that. Yeah. That is that. How, but... how... SJM is capable of creating such a buildup to that last handful of chapters and then sum it up in two chapters? Three yes. chapters? Yeah, like two or three. Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. And they're not long chapters either. <laughs> that is wild. Yeah. She is a genius. And that just also crafting characters that truly make you feel things like each one of the characters in this book makes you feel something different i feel like you have a different affection like for each one of them for different reasons and i love that it's not just i don't know it feels very deep like a deep connection to them and i love how the characters are each very unique no two characters are similar Mm -mm. we're like in real life the people you hang out with you're all similar yeah. You're all very similar. Mm-hmm. But like somehow this inner circle 
every single person is extremely unique, mm-hmm. has different interests, has a wildly different personality than the person sitting next to them. Mm-hmm. But somehow it all works so beautifully and all of their stories are so wonderfully woven to just create this beautiful, beautiful tapestry mm-hmm. of what we know as Akatar. It's lovely. It's so good. I I forgot how much I really liked this book. This book is honestly when I say I like Akamath the most, mm-hmm. it's just the second half of the book. Yes. I can't stand the first half of the book. It drives me nuts. The first half of the book is It's hard rough. to read. Yep. That was Akatar, tough to podcast through, too. Oof. Yeah, Akatar. Eh. we all know how we feel about the first book. It's the lowest on it's, my list. It's pretty It's pretty low. Yeah. We all know how we feel about Frost and Starlight. But, like, mm-hmm. this book, the entire thing, if it had a little bit more spice, it would probably be my favorite book. Yep. Honestly. Yeah, The it's weird. It is really weird how we went from, like, the second book has, like, not like, a crazy amount of spice. No, like th- a handful of mm-hmm. scenes. And then this book, you know, it, there's a couple. A couple. And then couple. Silver Flames is like... Constant. It's, it's constant. just a sex fest. I Which love I'm it. not complaining, but like, I it's it. just a weird jump. Like, it's like her, her like publishing company or her editors were just like... Go for it, girl. Sure, whatever. <laughs> She's just like, listen, Cassian, I saw this thing where she, she said, like, Reese, her, she wrote Reese because he reminded her a lot of her husband, but she said, like, Cassian was, like, her ideal. And oh, I saw this no. reel that someone made where it was like, they had a clown face on and it said SJM's husband during the interview, and she says, she that wrote Reese. Why did she say that? <laughs> Oh no, it's so mean. And then also to like, then to, for that to be the book that she writes about Cassie. I know. <laughs> I'm sure she didn't mean it like in a bad way, but like, I think it's just the way she said it. <laughs> People have taken it and run with it. And I think that's hilarious. Yikes. <laughs> but anyways, I can't wait till we get to that book because you know, this girl, you know how she feels about that book. Mm-hmm. Mm. But anyways, anything else you want to say about Wings and Ruin before we wrap it up? I don't think so. Yeah. I I think that book speaks for itself, honestly. It does. The end of it, these last, so like we recorded all of these episodes within like a two to three day span um, because we wanted to be together for the end of this book because Amber and I are about to part ways for a little bit. And... It podcasting these in a row, I'm glad we did it this way because I've really got swept back up into it instead of having to kind of read a few chapters and stop, read a few chapters and stop. We binged it. We binged this, the last five episodes that you've listened to. Yes. And we recorded, yeah, all of them back to back to back to back to back. Yeah. Almost. So it's been great doing it that way because the end of this book really is a beautiful masterpiece and it really makes you grateful that all these characters are still with us. With us. Yikes. Yeah. So our next episode, we are going to do... Okay. 
to prepare for our next episode. Mm-hmm. You have to read Fourth Wing. You have to read, reread Fourth Wing, and then you have to read Iron, Iron Flame. Flame. Read both of them because we're going to do like an Iron Flame. I'm not sure if we're going to do like a reaction or a recap. Maybe a little bit of both. Um, yeah, it won't be as detailed as oh, our. We're not going chapter by chapter. No. We're we're talking big picture and reaction. Yeah, like things we loved, all that stuff. So I think that'll be a fun episode, and I cannot wait for it to come out. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, so good, you guys. Thank you so much for following along our podcast. And I can't believe we've made it through another book in this series, and we're gonna be so excited to start Frost and Starlight. Um, And we just wanted to thank you. Make sure that you subscribe and leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcast. Also, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at House of Wind Pod. And email us your theories or burning questions to houseofwindpodcast at gmail.com. All this information can be found in the show notes. We'll talk to you next week. Stay smutty. Bye.